history with the podcast guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people. The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that. If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend. We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be. We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew, and I am pleased as ever to be joined today by my guest. Her name is Christy Crandall. She's got a lot to tell you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, let me... Uh, start by just asking because um, I usually how I, I, I bring my guests on I introduce them and I give them the floor and then uh, some of them you know they don't know where to start so uh, why don't you just start off by telling us maybe uh, where you were born and, and maybe a little bit about your childhood and then maybe how that goes into the, the story that you want to tell Sure, sure. Um, okay, so I was born in Sacramento, California, and raised between Santa Rosa, California, and Bodega Bay. Um, I lived with my dad. My dad raised me with my stepmother, and they were photographers. They were in the art industry, film in not film industry, but like photography industry. And um, they taught me a lot of things. They, they gave me a passion for art and photography and just nature and um, growing up I was always around it and then when I was 17 I decided to join the military um, my dad had to actually sign a contract to let me join early before 18 so off he, I went and um, I spent seven and a half years enlisted so I was a, a helicopter mechanic and then I was an x-ray tech and then I went green to gold and became an officer and spent the rest of my time as an officer in HR. Um, loved it. Loved every minute of it. Had my, my trials and tribulations like everybody does, but made my way through them. Um, and then, you know, when I retired, I, I it was like 10 years ago, I um, decided to join the film industry because it was something that I was really passionate about. I loved that kind of industry. And it started out where my children were wanting to be models. And I thought, well, you know, let's get you some headshots. And I hired a guy named Anthony Paderewski out in Savannah, Georgia, where I was living. And he, um, he looked at us, and he's like, why don't you guys try background acting? And I was like, what? What? What, what do you want me to do? What's background acting? Background acting is in um, any any movie film, short film, TV, commercial, whatever. You've got actors in the background that are like just sitting there drinking a coffee or walking by with a suitcase or whatever. It's the population in the background of, of the main scene. Okay. And it's, you know, so he's like, why don't you try it? Because you want to get into acting and film. I said, well, great. So next thing I know, I'm in 30-something different movies. And we're not talking short films. We're talking about like theaters, like the do-over with Adam Sandler and Live by Night with Ben Affleck and the detour, um, Samantha B movie. And on and on and on. And um, I was having a good time, but after a while I got bored. 
I got bored just sitting there being the girl in the corner that was eating the sandwich, you know? And um, I wanted to be part of the, the bigger picture. But I didn't necessarily want to act right away. I wanted to be behind the camera. And uh, I met a woman named Simone. And she decided she was going to take me under her wing. And she taught me everything I needed to know about producing and directing. Wow. Yeah. So our very first film that I was an executive producer on was called My Brother's Keeper. And um, it won a Tally Award. It went to Cannes Film Festival in France. Um, non-competitive, but it went, you know. And it went to a bunch of different film festivals, won awards. Um, just was a surreal moment, just watching, looking back. And then I went on to make a bunch of shorts. I moved to Alabama. I met a woman named Laura Ann Gray, and she was a producer-director as well. So we kind of partnered up, and we started working together. And we made a bunch of different short films together. Most of them were filmed at my house. <laughs> but I had a great house at the time. So, um, And then I, I moved on to San Antonio, Texas. And, um, yeah, here I am today. Wow. That is, uh, that's quite a story. I got, I got some questions for you, if you're, if you don't mind. Um, you said seven years in the, uh, in the army. That's, uh, I'm sorry. Total 22. 22. Wow. And you were, sorry, you were a helicopter mechanic. That's, um, I, I gotta ask how many female, uh, helicopter mechanics there were. Um, there was more than there were majors when I was a major, female major. <laughs> there were some, there's a handful. I had some great friends back then, um, Raquel and um, Lisa, just different people. There was enough of us, but by the time I made major, there was like only two major, female majors in the army in the in the brigade that I was in. Wow. And Out of uh, like 2,000. Did you get, uh, did you ever get sent anywhere? You know, I did not. I spent a lot of my time doing casualty operations in like mortuary affairs. So um, I did like casualty notification, casualty operations, um, ran the CAC out of Germany when I was stationed in Germany. Um, and, you know, it, that in itself takes a toll on you because you deal with a lot of, you know, soldiers that are deceased and their families and helping and all that stuff. So, Wow. But at the time I was married, you know, and my, my husband was in the Army, and he served 26 years. So it was always like, he was a pilot. I was the mechanic, he was the pilot. Um, and so he would get deployed, and I would be able to stay back with the children. So it kind of worked out. Wow. And then you said you got into the, the film industry eventually uh, when you came home. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, that... Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin on that one. It's it's such a um, great story. Like so, you started. I'm losing my train of thought. Sorry. Um, you started always in movies, or did were you ever um, background acting, as you call it, in commercials or TV or anything like that? Um, not in commercials and TV. I did, um, oh gosh, what was it called? It was a Hallmark, uh, I can't recall what it, what it was called, but it was an HBO special as well. Um, but I did do a commercial here in San Antonio. 
it was like a training video. Um, I've done some voiceover work for a film here. Um, that was a lot of fun because it's like you're watching a film and um, then all of a sudden you hear your voice. And you don't see yourself, but you hear your voice and you kind of cringe. You're like, ooh, that's me. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. that's amazing. It's been, a lot of fun. it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I guess my biggest thing is that um, I really wanted – when I was in the military, I had a lot of mentors, a lot of people that helped me out. And I sort of became one of them as well. And my, my favorite thing to do was to help people move their mouth help people make the choices that would get them to where they wanted to be. And I still do that to this day. And it's just um, helping others and promoting others and getting them to their goals is something that's just very inspirational for me. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I'm here is, you know, just to kind of talk about that and about how women, you know, it was it, being in the Army, it's a man's Army. It was difficult. It was a challenge every single day. But we women were there to serve as well, and um, it just—it was one promise I made myself when I was enlisted that when I became an officer, I would try to make change, and I would try to help others, and, and it worked in my favor. You—you're talking about within the army. Yes. Yeah. Um. I I don't know how much news that you watch, but. I did an interview um, recently with a, a young woman who, uh, up here in Can I'm from Canada, I don't know if you've realized yeah. that. Yeah, I know. Um, <coughs> so this young lady, she also lives in, in the same city, and um, she joined what's called cadets up here. I don't know what it would be called down there, uh, but it's, okay. part, it's part of our... Ca the Canadian Army connects is like the um, the introduction part, and um, she was um, unfortunately uh, uh, she she wasn't raped or molested, but she had uh, some unwanted uh, I guess sexual har sexual harassment or sexual misconduct maybe is the better word and uh she's not the only one actually uh but with the help of her attorney and her mother they're actually they actually launched a class action lawsuit against the canadian government uh for over 400 million dollars right dang. yeah wow. so i'm just wondering if um you either maybe I guess experienced something like that or or saw something like that um, because it's not right and it's it it's something that needs to be stomped out it needs to uh, you know it needs to end because <clears throat> like you were saying you're in a men's world but really women can do anything that men can do. In fact, women can do more because you guys give birth, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's honestly a very delicate subject to address. Um, yes, I was raped in the Army um, for four months. Um, it took me 
many years to even come out and talk about it. Um, in fact, almost 20. I'll say probably about 18 years before I finally came forward. And, you know, I, I uh, went to a women's symposium before I actually confronted the situation. But I guess what I'm bitter about is that the individual that did that to me retired honorably and is fishing in the lake right now, having a good time. And I know I wasn't the only one. But it's a matter of, like, when you're young and naive like that, um, you don't know a lot, you don't have anywhere to go, and you've got someone who's threatening to end your career unless you do X, Y, and Z. And um, that's the situation I had found myself in. Even to the point when I returned, they asked me questions because they were trying to catch them. And I denied it at the time. I said, oh, no, because I was afraid. Why? Because he was standing about 20 feet behind them staring at me. Wow. So, I mean, it's something that's rampant in... I don't want to say in the military only. I mean, it happens. It happens in corporations. It happens in you know, different large organizations, small organizations. It's something that's out there. Bad people are bad people, and they exist everywhere. In, um, in I don't want to isolate it to just the military, but I want to say that you know, when you're confronted with that, that kind of situation, there's, there's options now. There's places to go. There's things that can be done that um, the military has made very made us very much aware that there's um, things that can be like you can report and, and do different actions now that I wasn't aware of back in the day so um, yeah it's it's a tough situation it's called MSP it's something that I suffer from um, PTSD it's something that you don't necessarily ever get over <laughs> it'll haunt you for the rest of your life um, it affects who you are affects your self-esteem and affects a lot of aspects about you individually. That I'm really sorry about that. Uh, I, the truth uh, of the matter is, is it's something that happens. I mean, we can't turn back time. Every day is a gift. And all you can do is move forward. Tomorrow is not granted. It's not given. But life is about choices as well. I don't... And, um, Every day, I just I thank God when I wake up in the morning that I'm here, another day, you know. I think that's so okay. I think that's well put. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to. I, I don't know if uh, if you've spoken about that public. I didn't mean to put you on the spot like that. No, it's okay. It's okay. I um I spoke about it at the symposium, one time. Okay. But I think it, I think more attention needs to be drawn to it. Um. And a lot more attention drawn to it in the veteran community because a lot of us veterans are, it happened a long time ago and before they had policies in place for it, before they had reporting instructions for it. And um, we live with it every day. Right. Not to knock the VA. I mean, the VA, a lot of people will say the VA has uh, got issues and, you know, perhaps it does like any organization, but I've, I, that's not been my experience. Mine's been pretty good. Um, I'm lucky. Maybe it's just where the city I'm in. It could be. It could be that they're building new VAs and having new doctors there. I don't know what it is. But my experience has been pretty good. So um, they've helped me quite a bit. Well, that's good. Um, let's transition. So 
you're in a lot of uh like you said a lot of films so <clears throat> i assume that you travel back and forth to california no 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 oh, no no so okay so i was living in savannah and that's like a little hollywood um, a lot of the filmmakers are going to Savannah, Georgia, because they've got the beach and they've got the historic district and they've got so much to offer, as well as the, the film um, incentives that they offer. And so they bring a lot of film to Savannah. Now, when I moved from there to Alabama, it wasn't exactly the same. I did a bunch of shorts, realized it was kind of dry. So I wanted to move back out towards California, but gosh, it's so expensive. So expensive. So I ended up in Texas. And, um, here I am now, but I Austin is where I like to angle towards. I'd like to move to Austin because there's more film work up there. I'm in San Antonio, which is about an hour and a half south. Really? Yeah, but there's a lot. It's buzzing in Austin. There's a lot going on. Austin, Texas. Yes, you could have a job just about every day. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to go to Texas. Not as much as uh, as my wife. She's uh, she wants to go to Dallas so bad. Um, Why Dallas? Why Dallas? I have no idea. She's a huge Cowboys fan. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, she likes she likes cow. I'm not a cowboy. I am so not a cowboy. Um, <laughs> and she just likes the idea of a cowboy. I guess I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. So. Sorry, uh, the movies that you've been in, you said you were, even though it's background, you said you were in The Do-Over. Uh-huh, with Adam Sandler, did yeah. You get, did you get to meet him? Um, I did, I got to shake his hand, which was like, oh gosh, and you almost swooned, but um, no, he was great. He was fantastic. Really? Cause and very I've, friendly. Um, I've heard he waved he's, at me from across the room. I've heard What's he's, that? I said, I've heard he's not a nice guy. Yeah, he's really good with his fans, but he's also very, he's a great director, um, spot on, and he's he works hard. Really? So, do what you're supposed to do, and you'll be good. Yeah. Um, and sorry, the other titles you said, I, I, um, I can't, uh, I skipped over them, I apologize. What, uh, what, what else did you say you were in? So, I was in, um... Oh my goodness! I was in the detour. The detour. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch any films that I'm in. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I think. Um, I think this one, the detour, was because they had me in my bathing suit. Oh. And it was a close-up shot, and I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't watch. No. (laughs) I heard it's great though. So yeah. Okay, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, as far as uh, future projects or anything like that, uh, is there anything that you're working on that you can share? Um, sure. So you know, right now we're actually um, looking at a convention in Savannah, Georgia, called Southeast Hollow Haunt Convention, to Horicon, and we're bringing a lot of um, celebrities out there to come and see their fans. And it'll be Lisa Wilcox um, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. She's in the air from The Hills Have Eyes. Jeremy Lick from Twilight. Um, I've got Santi Cirillo from uh, 
Walking Dead. So they'll be all coming out, which is pretty exciting. We're working on a horror that we're wrapping right now. Um, it's in editing as well. Um, but that's kind of under wraps, so I'm waiting for the trailer to come out before we can really speak on it. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, it's my first horror that I've worked on, and I was actually the production supervisor. So you're not in the movie? No. These ones, I'm not in it. I'm actually like part of crew. Awesome. Yeah, I've always wanted to um, make a movie and and put it in a film festival. It just never um, it's never been the right time. I guess is is uh, the best I can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most I've ever done is uh, I wrote a screenplay because uh, uh, my stepfather passed away in 2011, so I wrote a screenplay to kind of I guess honor him, and uh, I put it in the Las Vegas Film Festival, and and I didn't place. Uh, but I told my wife, I said, if I place in the top three or, or whatever the hell, I said, I am going. Peace. I, I'm out. I'm going to L uh, Las Vegas without you. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it didn't happen. Oh, you got to bring her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, yeah. is, this has been great talking to you. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I want to apologize uh for the technical difficulties and for <clears throat> this horrible cough, I do apologize. I, I I gotta I gotta tell you real quick. I had COVID in um, in January, and ever since then, I, I haven't been able to get my breathing under control. Um, I had asthma when I was a kid, and I haven't taken a puffer in years. And now I'm taking like fucking five six seven puffs of the ventolin ventolin every friggin day so wow <coughs> it's yeah it's getting really bad anyway sorry about that um okay. it's been great talking to you uh i i've looked forward to it and um i hope that you've enjoyed it as much as i have oh it was great um thank you before you go i was just wondering if there's if there's any advice you want to give to any woman who is uh, either pursuing a career in the army or pursuing something in Hollywood, if you have any little uh, gems of knowledge you wanted to share with the listeners. Sure. sure, more of a personal thing. You've got to believe in yourself. you got to look in the mirror and say, I love you. You got to, um, when you wake up in the morning, if you're inspired to get up, that means you've got goals and you've got somewhere to go. And you, you got to live life because it's, like I said, it's not, it's not granted. So believe in yourself and you can do it. That's amazing. And thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, maybe, uh, we can, uh, get together in the future and, um, and and do another episode. I uh, I got lots of stuff in my head right now. Sorry, my mind's <laughs> racing. <clears throat> so, thank you again so much for for coming on. No problem.